The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Monday edition. Uh, we're glad you're with us this morning as everyone else will be jumping on here in a, in a moment. Uh, we're glad to see you and it's great to be part of your day, whether you're watching this live or, or later or listening to it later. Um, I want to mention something as we begin, um, something, and I'm just, I've been thinking and praying a lot about uh, the future of what we do uh, moving forward, and um, January's coming up, and a lot of times when you get to uh, the beginning of a year, uh, you have new things, change things up, so, you know, obviously it won't be long before we out of the book of Psalms, so I have been praying diff- about different aspects, what book to maybe go to, what maybe topics. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of just randomly choosing topics. Generally, um, it's going to be stuck to my own study, and I want to go further. It's one of the reasons I do expositional preaching. It allows me to allow God to choose the topics and move through a book of what he found important. But I'm curious if maybe there's anybody who would listen to this or watch this. You don't have to be part of my church. You can be somebody who's listening to this at a separate time or watching this later. Uh, Well, you're intrigued about a topic, either a topic being covered or a question to be answered. It can be a practical. It can be how Christians should respond to things in this world. It could be theological. Um, it could be all kinds of, uh, maybe differences between religions or, or churches or things of that nature. And what the Bible says about it. We'd love to maybe answer these questions for you if we can. And I think it'd be great discussion. Uh, so if you have one, here's a couple ways you can reach us. If you Go to our church website, bensalembaptist.org. There's a contact form at the bottom of each page. Uh, put your information there and your question. Please um, ref, you know, put that down. Maybe reference you listen to this on the podcast. And uh, we will use the podcast to answer those questions. Um, if you know me personally, you can send me a text, email, things of that nature. And uh, we can see what topics we might move on with that. So we thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. Um, I am live this morning. Generally, and Mondays are pre-recorded, um, just because I'm not using the office on Mondays. But uh, so it's live this morning from my porch, as you can see. Pretty obvious with the back door right there. But we're glad you're with us this morning, and we're going to jump in in Psalm chapter 109. Psalm 109. I've entitled this devotional, this chapter, uh, "Love Your Neighbor," or excuse me, "Love Your Enemy." Love your enemy. Why? And um, honestly, even I've been studying this this morning. Uh, I'm learning just from even reading certain commentators that the passage I'm going to look at here in a moment is one of the more difficult to look at because, frankly, some of what we're going to read seems to contradict some of what we've been instructed to do by God, by Jesus, by the Word of God. Uh, At the same case, uh, we do know that God did not contradict himself when we look at Scripture, and there's obviously some things we can learn from that. So I'm going to start the first few verses of Psalm chapter 109, where the Bible says, Hold not thy peace, O God, from of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me, that they have spoken against me with a lying tongue. It comes to me about also with the words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love... They are my adversaries, but I give myself into prayer, and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. So the first few verses, David describes something that, frankly, probably at some point, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, let me rephrase that, if you've been alive for any period of time, what he said is something you probably are going to be familiar with, something maybe has happened to you at some point. You offer love, you offer encouragement, you offer um, just you try to be gracious, and somehow somebody, for whatever reason, decides to use it against you, no matter how 
kind you go out and try to love somebody, it seems like sometimes comes back to haunt you. Um, there's a, you know, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine years ago, and he was frustrated over one. He said he just kind of got nervous doing this. He was good in construction, so he'd helped a man at his church, uh, help put siding up on one a house or something in. Sure, that next Sunday was told by that same man he was leaving the church. Um, it, it can be easy to say, I don't know if I want to help anybody. But David's saying this, and David is saying that they're using what I'm saying as a lie. Basically, everything they're doing is wrong, and it can be destructive. I know this. You, you've seen this happen where something that can be said about you or a phrase you use or something you do can be twisted out of proportion or, or wrong and be lied about, and even your good can be destroyed. Frankly, the Scripture says your good can be evil spoken of uh, because somebody wants to. And unfortunately, if someone's going to lie, there's very little you can do about it. And frankly, it's even worse. If someone's going to believe the lie, there's even less you can do about it. What I would say is be less concerned about what people are saying or thinking, because you, I've learned you can't do anything about that. I'd say be more concerned about your integrity and what God knows. So don't be overwhelmed by it. Don't be consumed by it. Now, having said that, the next few verses in this, cha in this chapter reference a little differently than what I just said. So hope we're going to look a little bit. I'm not going to read all of it because there's several verses, but I'm going to read a few verses to give you a little bit of understanding of what David is asking for in this chapter and why I say, you know, titling, love your enemy, but yet it doesn't seem like that's happening here. Psalm 109, verse, four, verse 6. This is what David asks God to do to these enemies who are causing him grief. He says in verse 6, Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. When shall uh, when he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread out of also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all he hath, and let the stranger spoil his labor. And it just continues on in that pattern. He be hurt, his family be hurt, things of that nature. Now you look at this and you say, and David must have been really in a bad mood to write this. And when I was first reading it, that's kind of the impression I got. But I like what Spurgeon said as I was reading him this morning. It's hard for us to see it that way because David had generally, as yes, he's a warrior, but David was quick to forgive a lot of people in his time. He was quick to move on. As a matter of fact, uh, he could have killed Saul easily, but because of his love for the position that Saul held, he didn't do that. He could have easily, actually shortly after he became king, he sought on anybody that would have been a descendant of Saul and Jonathan, so he could love them. So I don't necessarily think that the idea of him just hoping that somebody he doesn't like is miserable, I don't necessarily think that that seems to fit his character. So what, what can we learn? And I admit, I've read you know a few commentators, and a lot of people would say um, this can be one of those debatable, controversial passages, one that's kind of hard to come to. Can I suggest that there are times in Scripture where God encourages us and challenges us, and sometimes what we need to do is confront evil. Uh, he tells us in Proverbs, when he goes through, there's four different types of people he talks about. There's the wise, which we should strive to do, but on the other end, there's the simple, the fool, and the scorner. And he says, when you get to this level of scorning, he goes, rebuke the scorner, and the simple will learn. Um, there's times in New Testament where he tells the church to give this person over to Satan so he can hurt, torture them or, or so he can bring pain to them. Sometimes, some people, the only way they will learn is when they finally get brought down low enough to recognize they need to learn. Sometimes, other people around, when they see somebody getting away with all of these things, sometimes it's necessary for them um, to see that 
evil does not always prevail. Evil is dealt with. Now, we know that God is a long-suffering God. He's a merciful God. He's slow to anger, and he, and he does not want to quickly do things. But at the same case, there are times when God has to deal. You see this in the Old Testament. Um, you think of these men, Korah, the sons of Korah, who were going against Moses. And finally, after times of God giving them an opportunity to get right, and even Moses giving them a chance to get right, God opens up the earth and swallows them up. And you say, well, it's all Old Testament. God is not, it's not just a list of judgments in the Old Testament, but we see that. We can see that in the New Testament as well, that sometimes justice needs to be dealt. Um, I mean, that's exactly why there was so much punishment placed on Jesus on the cross, because sin needs to be dealt with. So when I see this, I see that there are times, not that we, it's not that we wake up today and say, you know, I didn't like the way that person talked to me yesterday. God, you know, ruined their lives. That's not at all what it means. This is talking about a legitimate enemy that's causing legitimate pain. And so, frankly, the scripture does tell us, Jesus says, vengeance is mine, say the Lord, I will pay. I think ultimately we hand them over. But David's being honest. He says, Lord, would please let those who are believing this see the difference between right and wrong. And I believe there are times that God does that. We let God do it. It's not ours to do. Uh, but let you know what he does. He continues to, or kind of concludes the chapter down to verse number 21. Um, verse 21, but do thou for me, O God, the Lord, for my name's sake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. So he goes on, he kind of begs for more grace and more deliverance and pain. Now, we don't know exactly what enemy. Um, who he was after. Some would say maybe it was Saul or his son or others. I'm, I'm not sure he'd asked that much with his son, but I, we don't know exactly which enemy it was that was after him at the time. It's intriguing. As a king, obviously, he had a lot of enemies. We don't know exactly who this one was or why it is that David was asking for this. Um, but what we can say, you know, the Bible does tell us to love our enemies. So we understand that in some, in some circumstances. Uh, our responsibility is to see those who want to hurt us and love them. And frankly, uh, you bring kind of pain against them. You hurt them when you do that. Because frankly, if an enemy really wants to hurt you, the greatest thing that you can do to help them is to let them see you hurt. You know, if we have the joy of the Lord and God's in control and he's going to take care of all of this, we shouldn't be overly consumed or angry or broken or depressed and all this because of what someone else has done. God will take care of that. Frankly, what we should be hoping for is that they would get right with God and right with us and come back into restoration and love and we'd be able to move forward. That's what we should be striving for. So while we may not fully understand what it was that David was asking for here, um, we know that sometimes in Scripture this is something that God has said needs to be done. So we trust that this God is sovereign and he's got a plan. And he's not contradicting himself by later saying, love thy enemy, or later saying, you know, um, vengeance is mine. Those things are all true. Can, can you, it's intriguing, you look at this, all of these are true. All right, I'm to love my enemy, yet sometimes pray that God would do these things, and then I'm going to do good to my enemy. And, and then and the vengeance is also God's, uh, which is actually the reason why David asked God to do it. We look at all of this, and we can see the goodness and grace of God in all of this, because, you know, obviously, uh, to have grace, you have to have justice. You have to have holiness. You have to recognize sin. Uh, but we also see that God is very, very long-suffering. And frankly, just because we beg God to do something doesn't necessarily mean he's going to. And sometimes being just honest is exactly what we need to be with God. He may not always do. His sovereignty is not questioned by our honesty, by our transparency. And so we're just honest with God and trust he will do what he knows to be best. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning. Again, if you have any questions or topics you like covered. I'm thinking leaning back in January to start. and I'll be in another book, but if a list of questions or topics come up, we might take some time to deal with those and they give us a chance to answer specific questions you may have. Whether you're not, whether you're seeking Jesus, you're not truly, you know, seeking truth, whether you're saved or not saved, 
Um, whether you're from our church or not from our church, we'd love the opportunity, if need be, to answer some questions and to deal with things that what does the Bible say about this or why, frankly, why does sometimes religion or church seem wrong or hypocritical in these areas? We'd love to deal with those issues because we believe the Bible really gives great answers that sometimes church and religion can bring us confusion. So we'd love if you give us a chance to be an encouragement in that area. Thanks for joining us this morning and this Monday. We appreciate the time you've given us and we hope you join us again tomorrow. God bless.